when is the last time you went through a trial and you said, wow, this is great. Hey everyone, this is Mary Grothy, founder and CEO. You're listening to the Revenue Radio Podcast brought to you by House of Revenue. Each week, we'll talk about common revenue challenges and how to get past them, share real-world experiences, and get a glimpse into my life as a CEO scaling my own business. If you're a struggling entrepreneur or just an entrepreneur looking to be inspired, this podcast is for you. I'll give you honest, unfiltered, and practical insights into growing your business and getting past your revenue plateau. The last three episodes of Revenue Radio have been very tactical, straightforward how-to execution advice. I walked you through go-to-market strategy, brand strategy, how to build a sales playbook out of that and pivot to what the market is looking for this year, as well as discussed our take on PLG last week. With that, if you've listened to this podcast for uh, any amount of time, you know that I like to switch back and forth between tactical and then also speaking directly to the hearts of CEOs and executives who have a great responsibility of leading their people. This year being 2022, I had a gift given to me for Christmas. It's a devotional guide and it's called Unwavering Faith. I had heard from someone that if you don't look at your phone in the morning and you actually spend that time in meditation or reading and journaling, you can wildly change the rest of your day. As somebody who deals with anxiety and can be triggered very easily, which can cause a pretty emotional, passionate reaction, which later I regret, managing my anxiety is very top of mind and important. But I had heard this for a very long time. Don't look at your phone when you first wake up. And I thought, yeah, well, they're not Mary Grothy. I have a big responsibility. I'm managing a team, a handful of clients. I have things I need to do. I need that time. I wake up usually naturally sometime between 4.45 and 5.15. I'll roll over on my own. And I'm able to head downstairs, get my coffee, clear out the emails phone. I have a power hour of administrative work. So I thought this was crazy. I can't dip into that time. I have the best power hour ever. I get so much done. Well, I was pretty convicted with a presentation that I attended a couple of weeks ago. There's a man named Keith Roberts who does a presentation. Um, He is the author and creator of the Oak Journal, and he has a 10-10-10 journaling, um, (laughs) reading and journaling meditation process that he teaches. And his presentation was very compelling. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to give this thing a try. What's the worst that can happen? I'll give it a try for a couple of days. I won't look at my phone when I wake up. I'm just going to try the first 10 minutes. I won't even do the 10, 10, 10, the 30 minutes. Let me just try 10. Well, for the last two weeks, I have committed to the 10 minutes every morning. And what they say is so true. 
I am able to embrace calmness so much more throughout the day. It's very scientifically backed that when you wake up, especially if you're waking up in the hour of that 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. time period, there's a state that you're in when you wake up, and I can't remember what it's called. Somebody look it up and tell me. It's like theta waves or something. Like you're in a rested state. And if you cherish that state when you wake up and not interrupt it with your phone and blue light and stress and cortisol and everything else, if you actually stay in that very calm, almost meditative state for the first 10 minutes upon waking up, and that can be through reading, through meditation, journaling, if you do that, you can actually extend that state throughout the day, not at its fullest, but you can take elements from that state of calmness through the rest of the day. So I've noticed it. Um, I had a couple of team members this past week bring something urgent to me and I could just feel the urgency radiating off of them, like in an energy vibration. And I'm just standing there like, okay, let's just solve the problem. No emotion, no trigger, complete calmness, and that's definitely not like me. So that's the first part of today's episode is to encourage you, if you have heard of this, don't <laughs> look at your phone for the first 10, 20, or 30 minutes while you're awake. Um, I've only done the first 10 minutes, and it has been impactful in my day. So I do recommend it. So the second part of today's episode is I want to share with you out of the book Unwavering Faith that I've been reading, there is some scripture that stood out to me very uh, purposeful for what we as CEOs and entrepreneurs and executives endure during our tenure in this role. And this is James 1, 2 through 12. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Let me read it one more time. Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So let's, let's dig into this. It stood out to me because being a CEO and entrepreneur, like there's not a day, right, that we don't endure trials. And this is so clearly saying, consider it a great joy. When is the last time you went through a trial and you said, wow, this is great? Interestingly enough, I can tie back every great trial that I have gone through to a beautiful blessing an outcome that actually furthered everything in my life in a good way. It is unbelievable how when we shift our perspective on the trials that we endure and we learn to embrace them, cherish them, welcome them, be obedient through them, ask God what he's doing in our lives during that time, it's remarkable what can come out of the perception of that trial. 
I've given you so many updates about our company, House of Revenue, through the last year of episodes. I've told you quite a bit. In fact, for a while there, I started to feel like this show is just the behind the scenes of our company and what it takes to scale a service company. Last year, we had some tumultuous moments. We doubled in size, doubled revenue, doubled people, and being in the hot seat of the CEO, it was the first time I've ever led the charge on something like that. What's funny is that's what we do for our clients. We double the size of their companies. It's what we do. But to do it ourselves and to be in the driver's seat of that showed me a lot. Well, guess what? There were there's no shortage of trials, especially as we got into Q4. It got turbulent. And there was an amazing experience in last part of the year. We were off. We closed the last week and a half, almost two weeks of the year. I had a lot of time for reflection and sitting. And I also wasn't recording uh, Revenue Radio. Took some time off, was with my family. And I was able to look back through what was a very turbulent Q4. And I was able to map out every trial that we endured and map it to a blessing that we now had right in front of us. I became so grateful during that time of reflection that, and and really what I walked away with is we don't like pain as humans. We don't like trials. We just want it to be even keel. We want it to be puppies and sunshine. We want it to be good. We don't want to have the bad days. And you've heard all those cliches like the rainbow comes after the storm. (laughs) Yes, but when you're in the storm, you're not thinking about the rainbow. Like when you're in childbirth, you're not thinking about how magically all of it's going to go away when you have the baby. Like you're in so much pain and it is stressful and it's like just you cannot get out of the moment. It's very interesting to be able to look back on the trials that we faced and to thank God for them. Because in my human nature, I can't, and I don't want to purposefully do the hard things, like the really, really hard things in order to get the better outcomes. Because a lot of times I can't even see it. What I'm trying to say here is God is willing to do what I'm not. So so Q4 was difficult. God weeded out the garden. He made things happen, things that I wasn't strong enough to do, things I didn't even know I needed to do in order to have fill in the blank, the amazing blessing that was on the other side of it. Through trusting him in the process, we are coming out on the other end in a very, very strong place, not without pain, not without tears, not without loss. It was very hard to go through, but we're standing stronger than we were. And I'm thankful that God is willing to do what I can't in order to give me what he believes I deserve, which is really unimaginable for me. The amount of the blessings is far greater than the storm that we endured. And for that, I remain faithful and I am thankful. On that note, I think about a coach, my coach told me a while back just about how to increase capacity 
And every time you go through trial, every time you endure pain, strife, issues, challenges, you're building up the muscle. You're increasing your capacity. You're making room for more inside of what you can, inside of you, of what you can handle and what you can take on. If you think back in your business, if you think back to what your first year was like versus what your current year is like. For us, we're in our fifth year of business. We just uh, celebrated four years in November. I look back at the first year, the pains, the trials, the challenges, what was endured scared the crap out of me if we're being honest. I didn't know how to do a lot of things in being a CEO. Some of the basic things like getting payroll and accounting set up, other things, converting people from contractors to employees and having that burden, picking out office space, taking on overhead, learning how to say no to people who want to spend money with you and be a client even when you know they're not the right fit, having tough conversations with employees and team members, so many aspects of the work that I just didn't know how to do. I remember when we would have a client be late on their paying their invoice, it was devastating to cash flow. I mean, I'm talking about like a $5,000 invoice. <laughs> it was like devastating to cash flow. Now, you know, we have clients, I mean, we're pulling in over $400,000 a month. Back then we were pulling in maybe thirty dollars or $40,000 a month. Just putting it in perspective, the CEO that I was in the first year I'm I'm a hundred times greater than that woman. And the reason that I am is because I've endured trials. And through those trials, I've learned and I've expanded and I've learned to trust. I've learned how to navigate. I've built the repertoire. I've built the filing cabin I can run into mentally and be like, oh, shoot, how do I solve this problem? Oh, yeah, it's like this one I dealt with two years ago. I'm starting to build a playbook for how to navigate and go through these things. And so I'm increasing my capacity to handle more. And it's so beautiful how that works inside of all of us, that we can truly increase that capacity. Trials are very difficult, but if you can shift your perspective and be thankful, whether you pray to God or not, be thankful for that trial. If you do pray to God, to just thank him and tell him that you trust him in what he's doing in your life and to know that there is a blessing on the other side of that trial. It's amazing what happens when we shift our perspective and welcome them. So the last part of our episode today, something that has been on my heart is whatever changes you long for, you have to do your part. Whatever changes you long for, you have to do your part. So some CEOs are very visionary, and then they have a team for delegation. They delegate, they put it off their plate, and they just expect a team is going to deliver on it and do what they had in their mind. Unfortunately, that's just not realistic. It's not really how people operate. You need to lead through the expectation and the execution to ensure that the outcome is meeting what you're expecting. 
whatever changes you long for, you have to do your part. That is very tactical based. So there's two sides to this. If you're looking at your organization, you're mapping out for 2022, what is it that we want as a company? Think about when December 31st, 2022, you look back on this whole year, what needs to have happened so that you can stand there on that day and say, I am thankful for, and then fill in the blank, all the things you accomplished, changes that occurred. Tell me about that. Write it out. Share it. What is that? Well, the changes that you long for, you have to do your part. And I've seen a lot of CEOs that are very hands-off. Trust me, there's another kind of CEO that can't get out of the way. They're so hands-on. They drive people nuts. Don't be that CEO. There is a happy medium. But this is a message towards the CEOs that are seem to be a little bit hand-off or they're just kind of out of, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. They... They think because they said it one time that their team's just going to do it. And that's not how it is. So I've shared with you an example about the tactical execution component. You have a vision. You need to articulate that vision in a format that your team can galvanize around that vision, build a project plan, and see it through execution. You need to lead through that. You can't just delegate and be like, okay, it's probably done, and then be disappointed when it's not. The other component of this that I want to share is whatever changes you long for, you have to do your part. That also goes with things like culture inside of your company. Let me tell you about some changes that I was longing for. I wanted my team to not work seven days a week or to think that that was our culture here, but they weren't not going to think it unless I wasn't working seven days a week. Whatever changes you long for, you have to do your part. So it wasn't fair for me to say, well, the culture I want is where the team really feels like they can unplug. Well, in order to do that, I have to do my part. My part of that was implementing a rule that there were no Slack messages after 6 p.m. Also, no Slack messages on the weekend and no emails. Everything was going to be schedule send, schedule send. Now, If you have a project that you are working on that you have to use evening or weekend hours and it involves another team member, talk to them privately, gain permission, set boundaries around the expectation of the work that you're going to be putting forth outside of work hours. It was the only way that we could truly achieve the outcome that we wanted was to not have this setting this precedence that we just work 24 hours a day to get the job done. Now, the executive team at House of Revenue, that's kind of how we're wired. We're high drivers. This is how we go about our business. We work a lot and we're passionate about it and we, we quite honestly, we love it. But what was happening is that we were always online and we were always present. And a lot of times I was the, the one that was violating the policy the most, well, pre-policy. I mean, we didn't have the policy yet. I didn't violate it afterward. But I do a lot of admin work on weekends and catching up on things. And so I would just be slacking in the evenings and on the weekends. And I was the worst offender causing all this anxiety and triggering the team. And I didn't even know I was doing that until it was brought to my attention. And so we implemented these rules and now we are stronger for it. Our team can actually unplug. We can separate the work time from the personal time, be present with our families and our friends, or even just unplug and do activities that really help us regenerate. With that, whatever changes you long for, you have to do your part. I've worked with many executives who want something, but then they actually don't do anything to get the outcome. 
that's maddening. If you want it, then you need to do your part. Not just delegate it, speak it into existence once, and then be disappointed when it doesn't happen. Well, that's it for today. Hopefully you enjoyed the change of pace. If we have any new listeners, hope you enjoyed this. There's more where this came from. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're interested in being on our show or want to learn more about how we can help you scale your company, connect with us at houseofrevenue.com or with me, Mary Grothy, spelled G-R-O-T-H-E on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. 